Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. This week's guest uh, is a real treat. In my eyes... I've only gotten to know this guest over the last week, having done a, a quite of a bit of a deep dive on him. And hands, hand on heart, he's probably the most well-networked business owner in Dublin. If you take a quick scroll through his Instagram, you're bound to come across a familiar face from Bobby Kerr to Jamie White to uh, Gary Fox. And if, if you aren't familiar with any of those names or any of the faces that you see, what you will be familiar with is with his business, Dublin Barista School. He Thousands of students have graduated from Dublin Barista School. So if you yourself haven't, I'm sure you know someone in your family who has. James McCormack, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Dublin Barista School is not your only business. You have ninth degree coffee as well. So, yeah, so- um, the, I, I've been called a serial entrepreneur. Um but really, it's just kind of like it's the journey of most entrepreneurs. I think you're, you're trying to find um, something that sticks uh, from the beginning. And so where we are today, we have, yeah, we have a number. I call them brands rather than businesses um, because uh, under Dublin Barista School, which is the limited company, we have a number of different brands. Um, and uh, that's strategically because it's much easier to manage just one company rather than having to manage five companies. Yeah. Um, so where, where I am today is that we have essentially a number of brands under the coffee umbrella. So we have Dublin Barista School, which is your classroom, physical classroom training uh, business. Uh, we have the World Barista Institute, which is our online training business. Uh, so we wanted to differentiate those two brands. Um, then we have uh, what we're actually, it's not launched yet, but we're launching it now next week called Barista On Demand, which is our corporate uh, team building uh, kind of uh, brand, if you will. So it's a virtual corporate team building. So we send packs out to uh, corporate companies, uh, out to the homes of their employees, and we do uh, a virtual uh, brewing session with them then. Um, so that's kind of our next venture. And we've been, we've already been doing it for the last we've been doing it for the last 10 years but virtually for the last four months and it's been really really successful and so the the final one then is ninth degree coffee which uh is our which is really developing into our functional coffee brand which is mushroom coffee specifically right now um which again as an entrepreneur and someone who loves business you're looking uh, at the market and you're looking at what's trending and where the potential growth is um so I see huge potential in that business, which is a direct-to-consumer business. So um, Shopify, e-commerce, you know, digital marketing, kind of some stuff that I'm not too com- uncomfortable with, um, but you know, it's, it's interesting learning about them. Before we start at chapter one, you mentioned mushroom coffee. Surely I can't be the only one who is confused. What is that? <laughs> so the, the functional coffee space as a, as a general term is confusing in its own right because, mm-hmm. um, but basically to simplify it, it's just essentially getting your morning cup of coffee and upgrading it um, into something that's a little bit more healthy, I suppose, or it's got health aspects to it. Um, so the most famous in the world would be Bulletproof Coffee, if you've come across that brand before. Um, and so, for example, every morning um, I have Bulletproof, I have MCT oil in my coffee. So I add that in and that's 
you know, inverted commas is supposed to give me um, greater focus and it, it uh, basically it gets through the blood brain barrier and I'm able to have greater focus and immediate results and clarity and all this type of stuff. And actually, I think it, it's true. It's just it's coconut oil, but um, I've, I'm kind of addicted to it. Um, so I take that every morning. A couple of years ago, I'm I'm, I'm very health conscious individual anyway. Um, so a few years ago, I started messing around with medicinal mushrooms and just something I've got in my local health shop. You put it into your food um, and it's uh, like if you go back to the ch uh, traditional Chinese medicine, the, these mushrooms would have been used for thousands of years um, to, uh, number one, boost your immune system, uh, depending on the variety of mushroom, uh, to help with um, focus and cognitive function as well as well as to improve your general general performance. So I think as uh, most entrepreneurs who are out there and uh, not even entrepreneurs, people who are uh, just high performers in general, you know, we're always looking for that extra, if you want, people call it hack, but it's just an extra thing that's going to give you that extra um, uh, performance level yeah. or extra piece of clarity. And, you know, for me, it's, it's just one of the tools that I use to help me uh, be better at my job and, to uh, enjoy life a little bit better. Um, so that's just me. Nice. Well, look, I have health uh, to touch on health as an aspect of this podcast. There's some questions that I hope you don't mind if, if, if I ask on that, but I want to go back, as I said, to chapter one, you went to BlackRock college, you graduated college after college, you had a sales role at Irish mortgage corporation. Yeah. I'm in the sales world. I'm curious to know from your perspective, what lessons did you learn from your time at Irish Mortgage Corporation, specifically in the sales role? Yeah, well, the the Irish Mortgage Corporation was it's it's a dog eat dog company, um, mm. and I loved it and I thrived in it. And uh, prior to that, I had a series of jobs that I didn't enjoy: banking, um, uh, worked as a um, in the estate agency industry. But what I really love uh, is what I found I really loved was selling. And this is the place where I learned um, how to be a hardcore salesperson, I suppose. Uh, we had, you would go in and it's a very intimidating uh, place. 50 salespeople on a floor. Um, uh, uh, up on the, the, the main wall was uh, like a league table of performers. So you'd have the number one salesperson and number 50 salesperson. And you knew where you ranked within that table. So, did so you have every, the gong the big gong to hit when you made the sale <laughs> i i can't remember i think there may have been but um it's uh, they didn't have a gong but every friday they would publish the updated list so it was extremely competitive um, and that was an environment that i that i loved and i thrived on uh, so what did i learn there i learned that sales is a numbers game um essentially we figured out the formula um we, we did get formal sales training they had a sales company probably similar to your own company who came in and gave us formal sales training. And they said, this is the formula if uh, X plus Y equals Z. So if we call X amount of people and we have X amount of meetings from those calls, then we would get X amount of sales. And, you know, it worked. And so I was, I was extremely hungry that a huge book of existing clients. Um, and I got in there, I worked seven days a week and I rang every single person in that, in that book. Um, I rang more people than everyone else. Um, and I climbed, the, I climbed the, 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 the ladder, uh, if you will. Um, and at one stage I was number one, I was always in the top three, um, in my time there. So 
I, I loved it. Um, but it was all down to, you know, just having the hunger and having the willingness to work uh, hard yeah. and to well, ring people. You say hunger because to me from the, I'm, I'm not in, in the working world long, six, seven years. To me, of what I've noticed is there's, there's two things that, that will drive people in sales, uh, fear or passion uh, to, to make that call. You mentioned hunger. Not everyone is going to work seven days a week and not everyone is going to pick up the phone with the same attitude or what I'm trying to say is a lot of people will make up like, excuses to avoid picking up the phone and avoid doing the X, Y, and Z, as you mentioned, where think, did you get your hunger from, from where does it come from? I think in, in that particular um, example, I was, I suppose there was fear in within that formula itself because I had a number of failed jobs before that. And um, I think I'd, I was trying to prove probably to myself more than anyone that I could do it, you know, and it's still the same thing that I have today. I'm always trying to prove, to myself that I can hit the next level, that I can play with the big boys, that I can create a big business. Um, and when I went into the Irish Mortgage Corporation, as in that I wanted to be number one, you know, and um, I say I worked seven days a week. I was the, the only person uh, in the, in, at that time, the history of the company to bring uh, a new development. Um, as, as a new employee, I had a new development, if that makes sense, new property development mm -hmm. that I could, that I had access to, that I could go on site and sell mortgages to. So that's why I was working seven days a week because I would work uh, Monday to Friday in the offices. Then on the weekend, I would work offsite in that development um, and I'd get more leads there. So and I'd bring those leads back and I'd call them and I would, you know, bring them through the process. And that was, you know, a part of, I suppose, my early networking, really, um, and using my contacts to get uh, really kind of lucrative at that time. Being on site is a very lucrative place to be um, because you had people who were qualified for mortgages or going to be qualified for mortgages and i was good enough to be able to if they had approval already i would i would sell them into um our company um i say look i can get you a better deal I, i'm 100 sure i can and if not i'll i'll take care of you better um so and, and that's you know still the same way I, I look at business um you know it's it's customer focus everything goes back to the customer and the customer experience um and I know that if I look after that person, that they're going to promote me positively to their friends. So yeah. it's that word of mouth kind of aspect that I've, I've developed. So take away Google AdWords, take away Facebook and Instagram. The, the, by far the most uh, powerful is that social proof. And that word of, word of mouth kind of uh, uh, referral system is what this business, my existing business has grown on. Um, so, well, yeah. let's let's park business to the side for a second and let's go a little more personal here. Scrolling through your Instagram, one of the many things you'll notice is you really enjoy hiking. I'm curious to know, what's your favorite hike in Ireland? Oh, um, well, I've done the, the years ago, I did the, 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 was it the Three Peaks Challenge and that, that was a great one. Um, I think... My favorite hike in Ireland. God, you caught me off guard there with that one. Um, there's the heart-shaped lake down in Wicklow. I can't remember the exact mm. name, but it's Tarnery uh, or something like that. That's a great one. Well, it's always, it's tougher than it looks. It looks easy, but you always get lashed out of it with the wind. Um, and it's got a beautiful view from the top. Um, so 
but my, the the best hikes I've I've kind of done are outside Ireland and have been in South Africa. I've been lucky enough in, in Drakensberg Mountains. That was amazing. Um, and uh, in Nepal, in the Annapurna ra- uh, Range, I did that by myself for six days. Um, so yeah. there's been some amazing hikes. Um, and really, hiking for me is just it's a it's a time to switch off the telephone and to go hiking with your mates and just to have a chat. And so that's what I use it for now um, as a kind of way of kind of reconnecting with my with my buddies. Um, as we have a core kind of hiking group, and we're actually only today we're organizing the next hike. It's going to be probably just keep it local because we can't really go that far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah. The, the reason why I mention hiking is because my girlfriend's parents live up the Dublin mountains. That's where she's from. And when I started dating her, I started getting into hiking. And um, I, I, I know the heart-shaped lake you're speaking about. It's one of the few that I haven't done. My favorite place, which I've not heard anyone mention so far, maybe because it's a country that's so small, is uh, Madeira, out off the coast of Portugal. Where, I've been um, there, yeah. Yeah, the, the hikes there I thought were absolutely amazing. I never did. There's amazing views there. I've never didn't do a hike. It was one of my first holidays with my now wife. We went to the, the lovely island of Madeira. Um, mm. It's where Ronaldo's from, isn't it? Am I wrong? It is where Ronaldo's <laughs> from. Yeah. I always find it funny when you see his statue, his uh, gentle area is gold and everything else is bronze um, <laughs> from, from people touching it. One of the other things on your Instagram is that you're an endurance runner. I'm curious to know what's one thing that you're into that people might not know um that i don't show too much on my instagram <laughs> yeah um god well um like i love endurance well i've come to love endurance running um i think uh, i come under that term um i don't like to really use it biohacker um i like to um examine myself in great detail um uh, my, my personal performance my my body so um i take my health very very seriously probably to extreme sometimes and so I, as an example, I had a, uh, a continuous glucose monitor on me there for two weeks, um, examining my, my glucose levels after eating, studying the food that I'm eating. Um, I, get, I get my bloods done every four months um, with a functional doctor, not just a general pr- practitioner, but it's a, there's, a, there's a big difference. Um, I am hugely into taking um, supplements. I like to IV them if I can. Um, but, uh, the latest one I'm taking is this, uh, NAD plus, which is a, which is a molecule that, um, basically activates your, your cellular re- regeneration, um, which is a big longevity tool. So I suppose, um, going back to your original question, I'm, I'm massively into longevity and living longer and trying to live longer. Um, and probably spurred on by the fact that my father died when he was 57 and my mother died when she was 69. So. Um, I'm, I'm planning on outliving uh, them, uh, their ages. So, and I'm just trying to understand how to live longer. And, you know, it's very, very, it's very, very difficult and complicated and complex uh, space, but I find that interesting. Um, and, you know, I suppose as being a father now as well, I'm, I'm trying to get my kids into the, that healthy um, space. And I, I make them take uh, three key supplements uh, every morning so just to get them into this habit now they're only seven and five and they they probably see them more as being sweets at this stage rather than actually something that's healthy for them but they take fish oils they take vitamin c and they have a, a good multivitamin so they're the three kind of 
core basics of the supplement kind of range that I give them. And still the same, same as, as I take myself, um, plus about 20 others. Uh, but <laughs> well, in a, in, a, in a previous podcast, you said that in 2017, you were 120 kilos and 30 to 40% body fat. In that particular podcast, you then referenced you were down below 95 and 15, 16% body fat. Um, alcohol was one of the things that you stopped drinking. Um, strangely enough, I actually stopped drinking alcohol myself uh, at the at the beginning of this year. Um, not again similar to you, not because I'm an alcoholic. I just want to become the best version of myself. I take tablets in the morning now as well. I get out run run daily as well. I'm curious to know the 2017 version of John versus the 2021 version when it specifically comes to health noticing that you're 120 kilos assuming that you're still below 95 what are the major differences um i don't have any brain fog anymore which is a big one um i have uh, a lot of energy which is the other main one so um like operating a full day um you would historically come home and you know five six you'd be getting tired but my energy levels are through the roof, uh, which is one thing that I've really noticed in the last, particularly in the last year. So I, I get up, I don't use an alarm clock. I get up and my body wakes up essentially, um, which is so regulated now. So typically that's around six in the morning, read a book, go for a run. Um, and, you know, so I have a pretty heavy start in the morning. Like I'm getting a lot of stuff done, but I'm still energetic, energy, energy, uh, at seven or eight in the evening when, when I'm putting the kids to bed to come down, finish a bit of work, plan the next day, read another book, go to bed. Um, that's the great thing. The energy levels, the brain, brain fog was bad. Um, what is brain fog? It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's just when you're sitting in your office and you can't, you don't really have clarity of thinking um, is the way, best way I can describe it. And it's kind of like this haze around you. If that makes sense, you it's something that I experienced and I didn't even realize that I experienced it um, until I didn't have it anymore. And it was more so going to my doctor. Um, and it was also, it was connected to a number of things. It was connected to low testosterone levels. It's connected to um, your general health. Um, so as soon as I kind of, um, and again, this is going back to getting my bloods done regularly. I can I look at my blood markers and my doctor will say, look, you're doing really well here. Your, your, your tea is improving. Um, but you need to, um, you know, take these supplements here or you need to improve this or, or that. Um, and that's kind of helped me, uh, climb out of that brain fog to where I am now with just extreme clarity in what I'm doing, um, every day coming in, knowing what I have to do on a daily basis, having, having the clarity of vision to see where I'm going and to have the energy to get excited by that and um, whereas i didn't have that before i think is if that makes sense in what i'm saying mm -hmm. no no it does you referenced your parents earlier on five or six minutes ago how much of an influence did they have on who you've become oh massive um my father was uh you know he was a, a larger than life character we called him big john was his name uh six foot six um he was about uh, 22, 23 stone, uh, whatever that is in kilos. Um, his, his hands were like shovels. Um, so you would kind of, you, you'd have to psych yourself up going in for a handshake with him just so you get the right grip. Uh, <laughs> um, and he was the, 
he was just a phenomenal character, um, colorful. He, you know, he didn't do things by the book. Um, he was, he grew up, um, if you listen to the previous podcast, he grew up in a lot of wealth. Um, my, my grandfather was extremely wealthy, um, living in London, became a multimillionaire. Um, my father was chauffeur driven to school, that type of kind of mad stuff, um, seven bedroom house in Ealing. And then they lost it all. Um, his father um, was an al chronic alcoholic, lost all his money, um, and they had to move back to Ireland. So my father had this kind of weird relationship with, uh, with life, and he was always trying to, I think he was always trying to emulate what his father, um, so he was always chasing his father, essentially, and he was always chasing the big payout, the big deal, um, and that, but that was part of the, his charm as well. He was a big thinker. He was a visionary. Um, he wasn't afraid to take risks. Um, he always spoke big um, and he traveled to South, uh, South Africa. He brought his development company to Cape Town. He would tell you stories about the, the mines in the Congo and about, you know, starting all these businesses and uh, in Africa. Um, and it was just, it was, it was just amazing um, in terms of his ability to story tell, I suppose, and his, his ability to motivate and create vision. And um, so he was a phenomenal guy in that respect. But also, um, he had a lot of shortcomings, like, like most of us. Um, he let drink get the better of him. He let his diet get the better of him. He let his, he, he let him, he got in the way of himself, I think, um, again, like, like a lot of us do. And he wasn't there as a, as a father as much as he should have been. And I kind of, like, I felt a lot of anger towards that. And um, and so, like, I have this love-hate relationship, even though my father's dead. And I still have this love-hate relationship with him um, in terms of, like, uh, just I want to live my life the way, you know, he didn't. And I suppose the way I'm living my life now is kind of completely opposite. You think he shapes a lot of your beliefs, your current beliefs? Um, yeah, he did for sure. And it's, it's a strange thing because, you know, your parents do shape your belief system. And, you know, I went through that process three years ago of, you know, through my health, but I also went through this process of, of looking at all my beliefs and I, I crushed them, I crumbled them and I started uh, my whole belief system again. And I started questioning everything. Um, and I said, why do I think that? Why do I think this? And when I started writing it out, I, I realized that they were all, um, you know, beliefs that my father had as in, your opinion of politics, your opinion of the government, your opinion of this, that, and the other. Um, and, as, and as it turns around, uh, and uh, as I started to own my own belief system, um, they all started coming back to being very similar to my original belief system anyway, if that makes sense. Um, but I, but I feel now that I own it and I own, I own my, I own myself rather than, um, someone else being, having that influence over me. So I think that's, that's an important step I think for, for anyone to take. Yeah, at the start of this podcast, when I referenced the Irish Mortgage, Irish Mortgage Corporation, you said that uh, it was always wanting to uh, be number one, be the best that drove you. Would it be fair to say that what, part of what drove you and potentially still drives you is wanting to do what your father could never do but wanted to do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's uh, what what I found. Um, back in 2017 was that, you know, I always was trying not to be my father, um, mm. but I ended up doing exactly what my father had done. Um, like I woke up 
um, before, in 2017, not very happy. I was drinking a lot. I was overweight, as you say. I was really unhealthy. Um, and I came from a sporting background. I was big into sports. And uh, so I, I woke up and I had this realization. I said, the person I'm trying to become is the person or the person I'm not trying to become is the person that I'm actually becoming, which is one of those kind of weird kind of things that happens to people in life, I suppose, in general. Um, and then I woke up and um, I, I started to change. It's a slow process change. And I started to do a lot of soul searching and a, a lot of reflection. And I wrote, um, I did um, Jordan Peterson's, uh, what's it called? Um, His online what, course. Yeah, he does an online uh, psychology course. But basically, it's all about your writing. I just can't remember the name of it now. It's about you, you write about your past, your present and your future. And, you know, when I started writing, I had these just these massive unbelievable uh, breakthroughs in my in my in my thinking um and realizations about um, manhood and about becoming a man and all these types of things and uh relating back to my father and like I, i've spoken about this in previous podcasts where i talk about the rite of passage and about uh, man's rite of passage in terms of going from being a boy to becoming a man and I had this, this kind of realization that my, my father kind of never really stepped, he never really stood out of the shadow of his own father. And he, so he never really became like a man in what I uh, perceived a man should be. And so uh, in, the, in these moments, if, um, if this is making sense to people who are listening, uh, in that moment, I kind of, I understood all my father's shortcomings um, and I, I forgave him. And in doing that, I kind of just released this whole lot of uh, this whole lot of baggage that I was carrying with me, and that allowed me to to move on. And so this love hate relationship, what's driving me with my father is that yeah, um, I want to prove that you know, like I my father was an amazing man and he could have achieved the world, um, and I want to kind of put that right, I suppose, in, mm. in in doing it myself. And you know, it's slow progress, but. Or moving yeah. in the right direction. Well, from the little that I can see from your Instagram, the two photographs behind you, and what you mentioned about your kids earlier on giving them the right vitamins, you seem to be a great father yourself. But um, I want to move away from health, family for a second, and you reference sports. You're a big sports fan. What's your favorite sports team? Uh, I Rugby, um, and Leinster still is. Um, I was lucky enough to play with uh, Leinster as a, as a player at the under 20 at the under 20 level um and uh i didn't have the discipline or the um ability to ability to keep it going um that's that was i think one of the things uh if you look at my life now i'm very very disciplined and it's a part of it has been influenced by um the lack of discipline i had um growing up really and uh, I, I wish i know I should have had more discipline to really focus and double down on the ability that I had playing rugby to maybe further my career. And, mm. But again, you can't get caught up in these things. And um, so what I'm trying to do now as an entrepreneur is, is take, take it extremely seriously. And, um, you know, I call myself the modern day entrepreneur because I'm, I'm trying to understand what the modern day entrepreneur is um, and what, the, what that person does to succeed and, and I'm trying to build that persona, I suppose. And, uh, you know, from a regimented daily routine um, to looking after my health to, you know, 
being a better parent, being a, a leader in my company and, you know, all these things um, that I'm trying to put in place. And it's a learning curve. Mm-hmm. You've got mentors. I've, I read up on one of your Instagram posts that you said that mentors have had an impact on you. Can you explain to me what impact they have had on you? Um, huge impact. Um, you mentioned Jamie White earlier. Um, mm-hmm. I started this. I started this whole networking process um, about three years ago, and I suppose the first person I reached out to was Jamie White. And uh, I just met Jamie, and you know, he said, "Look, I have a guy for you. I think that you know you'll get on with." And <clears throat> put me in touch with Anthony Quigley, who's Digital Marketing Institute, and um, and everything else in the world. That that man has done everything. <laughs> yeah, he, he's phenomenal. And so I met with him and I didn't actually really know who he was um, when I met him. And he was just really nice. Um, and I said, like, a, a, in my head after I met with him, he was just like, just very open and giving. And he, um, I left the meeting after him. I said, like, God, I wish I could speak to him again. And, you know, I'm reading all these books and podcasts about mentors and I need to get myself a mentor. And a month later, I plucked up the courage and I emailed him. I said, look, would you be my mentor? And he said, yeah, no problem. And so he became a mentor. I met him every month for about a year or so. And it was just a simple thing. Like he gave me direction and advice and um, just about business. And he just, he helped me think about things in a different way. And he showed me things in a different light. And that really opened my, my eyes to the fact that, you know, uh, my perspective is, is very limited and I need more people to give me different perspectives. And, mm. um, uh, as well as as well as the the mentoring, um, when you're when you're getting an experienced mentor, um, they have a huge network already. So he was able. To, he's been connecting connecting me with people um, in different areas that I needed help in. And he said, "Okay, talk to this guy. Talk to this guy. Talk to this guy." And then he he connect me with them, and that was invaluable as well. And um, now my uh, so. Anthony doesn't mentor me on a monthly basis anymore, um, but I can still call him and text him. And, you know, he calls me as well. And he was, uh, so we kind of have a very friendly relationship. Um, my latest mentor um, uh, is helps me with goal setting. Um, so we meet every quarter. We go through, I set my quarterly goals with him and he goes through them and he just makes sure that I'm, I'm hitting them and he keeps me on track. Um, again, a very experienced entrepreneur. He's connecting me with lots of people. Um, Nick Carney, he's, he's related, he's connected to the Irish rugby team. So, um, but as a businessman himself, he's, he's very influential. And uh, so the, the mentor aspect is not just the advice, it's, it's the, it's getting into and it's connecting into a wider, um, higher level network as well. Um, that's yeah. been massively influential. Well, again, referencing your Instagram, it feels like almost every question has stemmed from your Instagram here, but believe me, it, it, they all haven't. But on your Instagram, I see a ton of familiar faces, some that I don't even know as well, but it's safe to say that you network a lot. For those that um, might not believe in the power of networking or might be uh, skeptical, concerned, can you take 30 seconds, 60 seconds to tell them why they should consider networking and how it's paid off for you? Very, very simply, it's the number one thing that has changed the my dynamic as an individual and the, the dynamic of my company. Um, absolutely. It's, it's probably the most important thing that I've done to 
get clarity about my vision and to help me grow at the speed that I'm growing now as, a, as, as, a, as an individual and as a person, because networking, um, you're getting other people's opinions and especially in, in the Irish um, network, people are very open and they're happy to share stuff with you. And uh, now, as aside from networking, I've made some amazing friends. Um, like you mentioned Gary Fox earlier, Gary Fox is one of my great friends now, you know, and I've known him for two mm. years and that was all stemming from network and I can call Gary up or if I have something I'm uncertain about, I'll just drop him a text and he's a great person. I can bounce stuff off and, you know, other guys you've interviewed, Devin Hughes and uh, Garrett Flower and, you know, all, all, all these guys are brilliant um, guys to just uh, be able to talk to on a, on a, on a basic level. Um, but if you're not doing it, um, you have to start doing it. And it's as simple as dropping someone an email or a DM on Instagram or whatever, um, joining a group of some degree. Um, yeah. But it's, uh, it's been massively influential for me. Yeah, agreed. I've only really started doing it myself and the actual top that I'm wearing is uh, Gareth Flowers set up a thing called Magnate. It's not shown, but it, <laughs> I bought on, one I'm, of the... I'm in that group as well. <laughs> yes. Well, you on your bookshelf there, you've got a number of books. I can't necessarily see the titles of them, but I'm going to guess that you read books. Well, even more. What's the current book you're reading? Um, I'm reading the Amazon book. It's called Working Backwards. Um, so... Again, I think um, aside with networking, books have changed uh, my way of thinking a lot as well, especially when you become prolific in reading. Um, so I've, I'm on book 10 uh, for 2021 already. So I'm reading a lot of books. Um, and about two, two years ago, I did a speed reading course. Um, so it helped me understand how to read faster. So that has helped me become prolific at reading. Um, but it's also I'm reading books that I'm really interested in. So uh, I think my last 10 books are a lot of it. The focus is on company culture and leadership. And it's an area that I'm particularly um, interested in because I want to get better at that myself. And I want to grow and cultivate a really positive culture in my business and understanding how to do that and understanding how to become a better leader. And that's all by learning of what people have written in books, I think. And I've got huge inspiration from um, reading books and a lot of the stuff I can implement in my own business, some stuff I can't, um, got, you get great ideas, you can try stuff. And again, along with networking, uh, reading books has been massively inspirational, but I think anyone says it's you're reading at the right book at the right time. I'm reading, I'm reading the right books at the right time. and I'm gaining so much knowledge from it. It's, it's amazing. You said book 10. You got a goal this year? Uh, not really. I'm just trying to be consistent. Um, I think the main thing that I want to be is just consistent. So I read for, I get up in the morning, uh, read for half an hour, maybe 45 minutes, depending on how, how good that chapter is. And uh, then at nighttime, I'll do the same half an hour, 45 minutes. So I, I'll definitely read for an hour a day. Um, and reading fast as well helps, but you can get through them, get through the books a little bit quicker. And, and you're also, you're, it's not just reading fast, you're consuming the, the content. And I will normally listen to an audiobook as well. So I'm listening to the 48 uh, Laws of Power, is that the one? Um, which is an amazingly insightful uh, audiobook. And some audiobooks that I listen to, I buy the, the actual books. Um, I think 
one of the best books, one of the best audios I listened to recently was the 50 cent, the 50th power, which is, uh, which was unbelievable. Um, and I bought that book because 50 cents story has really inspired me. Um, and it's, it's an amazing story from what he, what he was and his mindset to achieve what he has achieved in his life is, is extremely inspirational. So whenever I want to get in the inspirational mood, I stick on, um, some 50 cent music now. But, uh, he, he certainly achieved a lot from that you know, hit show power to his music, to uh, the endorsement from that water. Um, yeah. Well, he got shot nine times and he, and he lived, you know, wow. and that's, that's Shit, when he had, that's, that. yeah, that's when he had the, well, he was a pimp. No, no, he wasn't a pimp. He was a drug dealer. Sorry. Um, and he got shot nine times and that was the, the, the moment his life changed. Um, I suppose we could say it would be quite obvious <laughs> it should change after that. Yeah, but, no shit. Um, so, but he, in his, when he was recovering, I think his whole mindset and his mind, his life changed for the better. Um, and that's what allowed him to, to achieve what he achieved when you consider where he was um, and what, and to where he is now um, as a business person and entrepreneur and stuff. And um, I get a lot of inspiration from those stories, you know, and I, I think when, when you're an entrepreneur, you need that, um, inspiration to keep pushing you forward and you know if it's not a book or an audio book or if it's not someone in your network it's um you know you need to build that momentum and you need to continually have that and uh, i think for me all of those kind of things you know it's just a, they're tools to help me create the momentum and create the growth and to help me get to the place that i want to try and get to um, ultimately Thinking of your businesses, Ninth Degree Coffee, Dublin Barista School, you mentioned the worldwide online one. Um, I don't know if you'd be familiar with the term cookbook. Uh, essentially, just a number of things you, you must do each day to keep your pipeline healthy and revenue coming in. So my cookbook might look like I've got to make 10 calls a day to the ideal target profile. I've got to keep in contact with four clients. I've got to send X amount of emails. And these are the must-do daily things that I need to do to make sure keep my pipeline healthy for you and your businesses how do you make sure that you keep your pipelines healthy to generate business you've said networking what are the ways yeah well i think uh, one of the most important things and probably overlooked things is um looking after my energy and making sure that i when i come into work um because you have to understand what your job is uh, so when when i come into work i need to make sure that i have the energy to give to my team um, because we have a sales team, we have a marketing team, we have an operations team, we have, we have barista trainers, we have baristas. And I have to lead by example. And, you know, I had to learn that the hard way. Um, so, you know, my day is set out to allow me to be, uh, to come in and be the best and offer the best to my team and, and inspire them to do the best jobs. And so that's down to, like I said, like I really do believe that our business uh, survives uh, and, and not sorry thrives should I say because of the team that we have and the team culture that we cultivate within it um, and that's all customer centric it's customer focused and how we uh, uh, deal and the, the kind of the service that we give to our customers when they come in number one if you're talking about a physical training business um, the empathy levels are off the charts from our from our team uh, in terms of uh, what we give to our customers, um, the emotional intelligence, the the way we communicate, um, the the user, uh, sorry, the customer experience. Like we've we've gone through this, um, and the team practice it. You know, we we don't just talk about it; we do it. And so, whenever a customer walks in the door here, 
we have a plan for them um, until they leave out the door. And what that gives us, it, it gives us that unbelievable referral system that our business mm-hmm. is built on. Um, so I switch off uh, in 2020, as an example, I didn't pay for marketing. It was our busiest year we ever had. Um, and that was all down to the brand name that we built uh, through the, the, the culture that we've created. And um, obviously, you know, when we're creating uh, our functional coffee business, we, we can't rely on word of mouth referrals from the beginning. So we have to have a marketing system in place. We have to have a digital marketing system in place. We, we're using um, Active Campaign as, a, as our kind of email marketing solution and our landing page solution, um, our email sequencing. So that's something that we're kind of uh, launching into on the, on the, on the digital front. Um, and, you know, it's, it's very simple. I think it's, we try not to overcomplicate it. Um, we have a videographer in-house now who is cr- prolific at creating content. So a lot of the content that you won't be seeing on, on social media is content that we're putting out to our potential customers and clients. So um, I believe in, in hard selling and in, in knocking on doors and doing the work and research and not relying on Google ads and, um, yeah. and Facebook and stuff. Uh, we have to have a team who are knocking on doors and who are putting our name out there and who are sending out um, privately through email systems really high-level content and the people are going to engage in and they're going to ask they're going to want to ask the next question and that's that's the the strategy i like it i mean the, it's hard to believe but it all started with 500 euro from according to your linkedin two final questions second last question is you're big in the coffee it's obvious if you could fly anywhere in the world right now to experience their coffee or taste their coffee where would that location be um I think it would be, I'd go to Rwanda, I think. Um, one of my great, I've never been, but um, one of the great coffee experiences I've had was with Rwandan coffee. Um, most of my best experiences with coffee are from African coffees, as it happens, because they're so amazing in taste. But Rwanda is, they have a special story, um, especially after the, their history of genocide and it was a war-ravaged country in the 90s to how they've, um, used coffee to help uh, regrow their infrastructure, such as roads, schools. Um, they work in, as cooperatives, so it's just thousands of tiny uh, coffee growers come together and produce the most amazing coffee, and they use that money to rebuild their country. I think the story is phenomenal. Um, the coffee that they produce is phenomenal. So, yeah, that's where I go. Interesting. Interesting. I've, I've got a friend in Colombia, in uh, Bogota, that I am going out to post this lockdown lift. And I was curious, you know, if you had picked Colombia as well, it would have been a, a typical answer. I guess most people would have picked. So it's nice to see you pick Rwanda. Last question. If anyone's considering uh, looking into Dublin Barista School or even buying ninth degree coffee, I'm assuming you've got websites online. Yeah, we've... so. If, you, if you're looking to get a job uh, in, as a barista or if you're looking to start a business uh, as a, as a, you know, in, within coffee, then you'd come to Dublin Barista School. Uh, we offer a number of different uh, types of training courses. So it's yeah, learn how to uh, use equipment and machinery um, or you can do consultation, business consultation. Um, so we can help with all that stuff. Um, ninedegreecoffee.com is where you'll find our, our mushroom coffee and also just regular coffee as well. We, we sell that too and all kind of coffee brewing stuff. 
Uh, so we have that. And yeah, so, and if you're in the corporate sector, uh, baristaondemand.co will be out uh, next week. And so you can check out if you want some interesting team building stuff. And uh, yeah. Well, I'll leave a link to the team building uh, stuff and, and all the other stuff as well. Um, you mentioned the Dublin Barista School, uh, if you want a degree in that. Funnily enough, my sister went to Dublin Barista School and she now works as a barista in a coffee shop in Ashburn County Mead. Job well done. <laughs> Job well done. There we go. Well, look, we'll leave it at that. Jane, John, thank you very much for being my guest today. No problem. Thanks for having me.